In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Our experience as believers in Christ is lived out through the various practices or spiritual disciplines that we partake of. One, such as church attendance. You're all doing good on that today. Uh, second, scripture reading, confession, prayer, hopefully the development of virtues and the mortification or putting to death of vices. But prayer tends to have a special place in our lives and in our church. Perhaps it is because prayer is the one thing we can do wherever we are and whenever we want. Prayer can be simple, the faith of a child, and yet prayer can be complex. If we grew up in the faith, we learned to pray as children, and yet we're always learning to pray. Our days begin and end in prayer. And in prayer, we place ourselves at the mercy of God the Father and recognize that we are children of God and our requests are those of unworthy servants. In fact, the more we learn, mature, and grow in the faith, we realize that we must become like those little children that we saw this morning. And from them, we can learn what it means to be a child of God. I should note that having a childlike faith and having a childish faith are two separate things. Uh, so a childlike faith, keep in mind, it doesn't mean childish. And in prayer, we plead to God for what we do not have. We thank God for what we do have. And ultimately, in prayer, we offer up to God our life and our various situations giving things over to his control. Today is our last Sunday in the Easter season, known as Rogation Sunday. It comes from the Latin word rogare, which means to ask or to pray. That is why I'm doing an emphasis on prayer today. Today is the first of four Rogation days leading up to the Ascension. If you remember from last week, Jesus talked about asking for the Comforter to come and so uh, we celebrate the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, on Pentecost. But before Pentecost, Jesus says, I must go away for the Comforter to come. And in Ascension, we celebrate Jesus' ascension into heaven, also his leaving the disciples. This holiday of rogation has been lost since the dawn of the Industrial Age, and many modern calendars leave it out completely. It is because some primary things happened on rogation days that we don't really do anymore. Um, in the church, they would process out into the fields and ask God to bless the crops and to bless the harvest. And most of us don't have crops. And uh, I know I have some things in our backyard that are dead. <laughs> so thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, we don't live on that to, uh, for sustenance. But in Rogation Day, we you know, the idea of praying for God to bless our crops, it's plain, praying for God to bless our labors. And while many of us don't have crops, many of us do have jobs and responsibilities, and we labor in things for the glory of God, and we're asking God to bless our labors. And second, we're asking God to bless the harvest of the church. Jesus continually speaks about the harvest being plentiful and the laborers are few, so it's a, it's a 
it's a theme of prayer, both for God to bless our labors in, in the world and our various vocations, and for God to bless the labors of the church. We pray because it is easy for us to become detached from the realities of our life as Christians. Sometimes we think our faith is merely a spiritual and intellectual exercise detached from our bodies and detached from Monday through Saturday. But Rogation Sunday reminds us that God cares about our physical needs, our spiritual needs, and our work. As the collect or prayer for the day reminds us, we pray that we may think those things that are good and by thy merciful guiding may perform the same. So we're not just praying to think good things, but to perform, or as our epistles tells us, to be doers of the word. The Christian life is not simply about abstract thinking, but about asking God to be present in our day-to-day physical realities. It is asking God to bless our crops, our work, our relationships, asking God to bless our families and those we see day-to-day. And asking God, in other words, asking God to participate in our daily life. In prayer, we are not simply asking for things, but we are offering up. We can think about the Eucharist and Holy Communion. It is an offering up. It is a sacrifice. And in prayer, we offer up all of our concerns, all of our requests, all of our desires to God. And God will answer those prayers in sometimes ways we don't like, but answer to prayer is not simply just always getting what we want. I remember uh, Jesus says, if you ask in my name, it means according to God's will. So the bigger question is, how do we pray according to God's will? How do we align our asks with his desires? First, we just have to start. Then we stumble. Then we trip and fall and get really hurt, and then we get back up. And this prayer relationship is is like any good relationship. In a good relationship, the other person just does not give us everything we want all the time without regard to anything. So in prayer, we need to start to align our will with God's will. And we do that by learning the language of God. How do we learn the language of God? We can start with the Bible, uh, the scriptures. Some of the greatest prayers we have are found in the scriptures. For example, the Magnificat, which we read in our daily offices and we hear sung, this beautiful song of Mary, the song of Simeon. We have the song of Miriam. We have all these great songs. And we also have the prayers and songs found in the book of Psalms. If anything, if we want to learn the pray, if we want to learn how to pray, We should pick up the Psalms and meditate and read them daily. Because in the Psalms, we have every expression and every human emotion found in it. It is difficult to enter into this relationship of prayer solely on our own. And this is where we trip and fall the most, is when we're trying to do it just by ourselves. This is another blessing we have in our tradition, is the prayer book and the church and other Christians. Christians who are wiser than us and who have gone before us. Just like we might hire a coach to teach us how to swing the bat properly or the golf club or the tennis racket, we might want to ask a spiritual director to be our coach in prayer. 
If you do not know how to use the prayer book, I encourage you to go to one of our classes that we offer. We're going to have another one this summer. Or ask someone in the pew or ask one of the clergy. As life around us seems to be more and more chaotic, more and more contentious, we feel like we have to do something. And we are called to be doers is right. But the main task that we are called to do as Christians is to pray. We might think that sounds trite, but it is our prayer that can save us and therefore save the world. Too often we think we are not doing something when we pray. It is not active enough for us. It does not seem radical enough for us. However, in a world that is constantly spinning, in a world that is constantly busy, combating the busyness of the world with the busyness of the church is not helpful. But in prayer, we can challenge this noise of the world with the language of God, silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.